Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss the federal government's Spring 2020 Regulatory Agenda. This podcast is about the 2020 Regulatory Agenda? That's even a thing? Wait a minute, it's July, and you were saying spring. Not only is it a thing, it's a twice a year thing, and right on time, right now in July, it's the Unified Regulatory Spring Agenda. It's a document that outlines the administration's priorities and regulatory planned actions for each agency for the next six months to a year. Each agency? Oh boy. Well, we have to be selective on which agencies we follow. In this particular agenda, we'll be looking at the NLRB, Department of Labor, OSHA, EPA, and some of their co-collaborators. Okay, you started off with NLRB, so that must be important. Not so fast, Carly. I want us to give our listeners a sense of what this is that we're talking about, the scope. Okay, what about the scope? By my count, 65 federal agencies are contributors to the federal regulatory agenda. 65 agencies. Now, my motor skills aren't the best, but that was my count off the website. I might be off by one or two. We're just looking at three, NLRB, DOL, Department of Labor, they include OSHA, and EPA. Mm, Still not seeing it. Fine. The NLRB has four items on the agenda. Would you mind helping me out? Could you please count how many agenda items there are for the EPA? I'll wait. (laughs) Cue the final Jeopardy theme song, please. There are three and a third pages, and this is in the smallest font. I'm not counting these. I counted them so that our listeners could get a sense of why it is important for PMPA and our Washington government relations firm, the Franklin Partnership, to be paying attention to this. Our members need to make the critical parts that make a difference in all our lives. PMPA and the Franklin Partnership are paying attention to these emerging regulatory issues that could dramatically impact their business and operations. Well, we're holding a whole bunch of papers. The NLRB has only four items, one of which we thought was relevant. The EPA, you're holding 144 potential planned regulatory actions, revisions, rewrites at all levels. Could be proposed rules, could be final rule stage, anything in between. Many of those could impact our shops. The Department of Labor, which includes OSHA, I counted 70 items. Well, this is gonna be a long podcast. It could be, but working with the Franklin Partnership, we've narrowed it down to about 13. But each of those 13 could be a major game changer for your shop. Okay, you started off with the NLRB. There are only four of them, so that must be important. If you've been following the news, you might have noticed some stories about various people trespassing on private property. Depending on who is reporting, 
They're either protesting or rioting. What does that have to do with the NLRB? Well, as employers, our facilities and our company grounds are private property. And we should have control of our property, right? I think I see where this is going. Yeah, sometimes it is more interesting to take the scenic route. It helps us think. The National Labor Relations Board will engage in an access rule rulemaking to establish standards under the National Labor Relations Act for access to an employer's private property. So PMPA will be paying attention to that rulemaking to make sure that our member companies' interests and rights are respected. Exactly. But who knew this was going on? If we don't follow this, these rules can be created with no insight at all by the people making them into the interests of our member companies. PMPA is able to work on behalf of all of our members so that we can act, consult, and ensure that the priorities of our member companies are considered as these rules are developed. Okay, is that it for the NLRB? For this agenda, yes. Now we move on to EPA, unless you'd prefer to tackle the Department of Labor and OSHA first. Oh, EPA, please. It's a nice day outside. You'd think so, but actually this past week we've had air quality warnings. Despite lower production, plants being closed, and fewer people commuting to work. Come on, get back on topic. I am on topic, Carly. PMPA has testified before on this topic, which is now coming back for comment as a final rule. The rule is called Review of the Ozone National Ambient Air Quality Standards. Under the Clean Air Act amendments of 1977, EPA is required to review and, if appropriate, revise air quality criteria every five years. The current review will include the preparation by EPA of an integrated review plan, an integrated science assessment, policy assessment. This could go on and on. This proposed decision will be published in the Federal Register, and then there will be opportunity for public comment. Really? Ozone national air ambient quality is a thing for our industry? If the rule triggers based on unattainable ozone standards, the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, just down the road, happens to be a non-attainment zone. Naturally, the ozone in our area is above the standards that are being proposed. If we weren't compliant, the government could order shutdowns of industrial activity, change commuting rules so that our employees could no longer get to work. Like the shutdowns that the governor ordered. Yes, except on the federal level. Okay, we'll keep that on top of the pile. What else is the federal EPA working on? There were 144 items on that EPA agenda, right? Yes, you did a great job speed counting. We identified four more items on the EPA agenda that could potentially impact our shops. Control of air pollution from new motor vehicles, heavy-duty engine standards. This one could affect the markets that we sell our parts to. Heavy-duty engines have been subject to emission standards for criteria pollutants, including particulates, hydrocarbons, carbon monoxide, and nitrous oxides, NOx. The existing standards are said to not ensure full in-use of the emission controls, especially on nitrous oxides or NOx. NOx can contribute to ozone and particulates. 
diesel. Now I know what you're talking about. Ozone and ambient PM 2.5, particulate matter 2.5 concentrations, continue to be a national health and air quality issue. Reducing the NOx emissions from on-highway heavy-duty trucks and buses is an important component of improving air quality nationwide. Heavy-duty vehicles is an important market for our shops for engine and sensor components. So what is our position on this? We will just be keeping a watchful eye on this one so that we can advise our members. This is an important issue for human health as well as for our shops and markets. So we really want to remain aware. Okay, so is that it for the EPA? Uh, no. Keeping on air quality, there's also a final rule, National Ambient Air Quality Standards for Particulate Matter. EPA is required to review and revise the primary um, and secondary National Ambient Air Quality Standards every five years. On January 13, 2013, the EPA published a final rule revising these standards for particulate matter to provide increased protection for public lands. This final rule was drafted in 2013? That was the last administration. Welcome to Government Affairs. When we talk about the long game... It's a lousy game. We'll be keeping an eye on this one, too. Probably comment once we get to see the final, final. And to save you time, there are two more EPA items. You're kidding. Nope. Increasing consistency and transparency in considering benefits and costs in the Clean Air Act rulemaking process and strengthening transparency in regulatory science. On June 13th of 2018, the EPA published an advanced notice of proposed rulemaking in the Federal Register asking for comments on whether and how EPA should create transparency and consistent regulations affecting all future regulations. So this podcast is getting a little long and we're still on the EPA. Do you have a short version on this? This action will provide the public with a better understanding on how EPA is evaluating benefits and costs when it develops Clean Air Act regulatory actions and allows the public to provide better feedback to EPA on potential future proposed rules. Cost benefits are critical to the calculus of regulatory policy. We need to be sure that the process for analysis is fair and intellectually honest. So what is different about the second one, strengthening transparency in regulatory science from December 2020? In this one, the EPA is actually responding to public comments, including comments the PMPA made regarding the use of data and models for what is legitimate for consideration when the science or regulatory proposals are what they call pivotal. Basically, EPA is requesting comment on how it has authority to make this action. It's legalese, but it's important to understand. This action would increase transparency and visibility of the assumptions underlying the data and the models that EPA uses to make regulatory decisions. Okay, that's it for the EPA. Can we take a break now? It's a long game, Carly. We have to be ever vigilant. Let's go ahead and take that break. Please download part two, where we further explore Department of Labor and OSHA emerging regulations.
on the spring regulatory agenda.